Mississippi. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Uh, coming off a beautiful afternoon, a beautiful uh, week. We did take uh, last Friday off, so that will, I know that, I think one of those words will be your the break that we're having will be your word of the week. Uh, and then mine will be probably very obvious to a lot of our sports fans out there when we get to it. But uh, just an absolutely beautiful Monday that has finished off the last three days of just a beautiful weekend. Matt, what'd you do? Well, Derek, as we said on our last show, uh, you were going to go down to Natchez due to a couple things, didn't make it down there. But I did go to Louisiana for a few days. And again, that's going to be part of my words from the weekend as we come off this uh, spring break. Um, Derek, for you and I both, a little bit sad spring break because it is our last high school spring break for uh, our two oldest so uh only nine weeks or so left of uh, high school for our two uh, oldest children so hannah grace and Bo, we uh you know wish you nothing but the best i mean for nine more weeks i, nine I weeks think i think grades weeks. i think uh, grades are kind of done right i mean aren't they they don't uh, no. count towards, well, man, they'll have to. I mean, I know Bo will have some finish up stuff, but um, I mean, but I'm talking about they don't count towards class ranking and stuff like that. I think that's and over, that may be maybe? right. That may be right. Yeah. I'm not sure about North Point. I know for the public schools that is right. correct, but so, I'm not sure about North Point. I'd have to ask my my wife. So, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to speak out of turn. Right. Hannah Grace has yet to uh, officially make her college decision, so uh, we'll announce that here on the podcast for those people who who uh, care. We know a lot of people that listens to us are friends of ours and people that care about our families. Uh, so we'll definitely announce that stuff. But just a good spring break. Had the opportunity to be in Louisiana, which is one of my favorite places to be a lot of fun and again i'll talk more about that here in just a second with my word from the weekend Derek. but i know the uh weather outside on this monday was very nice in the 70s sun a little cloudy starting to cloud up a little bit because we're looking for some rain when you're listening to this it may be uh you know coming down pretty hard it's supposed to be storming by eight or nine in the morning <laughs> it's so be yes. pretty bad so hopefully it'll be out by then so you can listen to it as it pours you know the weather this weekend was maybe pretty good to get out and look at houses uh i think we have pretty good weather wednesday thursday friday more sunshine that type stuff and i joke all the time Derek and I joke around because we, I remember when I was in my 20s looking for a house, my wife and I would get in the car, even when we had one child, and we'd go out and look at houses, something we enjoy doing. And if you're in the market to look for or buy, or sell your home in DeSoto County, please reach out to our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. They possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They have been the number one team in DeSoto County for the last 13 years. Whether you are buying or selling, call Team Couch. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They're currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can can tell you all about your neighborhood, your street, your zip code, how long houses are taking to sell, how long until they close. Brian and Terry are going to be the best realtors when it comes to information like that to help you make the best decision for you and your family. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at T. TeamCouch.com. That's TeamCouch, C-O-U-C-H, dot com for a full home search anywhere in the Mid-South. We have some great information coming up on our next advertiser, on our next show, Derek. Uh, Brian sent us a whole message full of wonderful, good things when it comes to real estate, when it comes to Team Couch, some of the different awards that they've recently won. I'm telling you, there's no realtors that are going to work harder for you than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Again, that's Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. 
Well, Derek, before I mention our studio sponsor, I do know for a fact that they had one heck of a good uh, return. Had a good, uh, a ton of good pictures and stuff from the How to Barbecue Right Shop big first anniversary event that happened this past Saturday. So congratulations again to How to Barbecue Right Shop on being uh, one year old. One years old. Well, Derek, I think one good choice they made in that first year was to be the studio sponsor of the largest or fastest growing podcast in DeSoto County. Let's call it that. Yeah, very smart by them. Very, very, smart. very wise by them. I'm going to, the fact that they got to the one year mark may have something to do with the sponsoring the UTW podcast. We kid, of course, but we definitely want to say congratulations to Malcolm Rochelle on their big first anniversary event this past Saturday. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here in Hernando. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm's Shop. Give him a call locally at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Visit his website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best experience you're going to have is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located right here under the water tower at 496 Whitfield Drive. Again, that's 496 Whitfield Drive. Thank you, Malcolm Rochelle, for being our 2022 studio sponsor. And congratulations on the big first anniversary event. We look forward to many more years with you right here under the water tower all right Derek. coming off of spring break let's go right into it on our tuesday show got a wonderful fact of the week coming up quite an interesting autumn meeting to discuss as well give me your word from the weekend post spring break 2022 my word for the weekend is madness this is madness so i started actually last wednesday uh if you're uh, those of y'all that are are may or may not pay attention to what's going on on the financial sector uh, in America at this time. Not talking about inflation. Well, maybe a little bit uh, about inflation. Matt, we're talking about the raising of interest rates. Which you predicted. We already knew that. We did. So it started last Wednesday. They went up a quarter point. Uh, They're just going to go up several more times this year, unfortunately, but they did raise it a quarter point. That started kind of madness to run the bank, people making phone calls. What does this mean? What does it mean for my loans? That sort of thing. So that started Wednesday. And then Matt, Thursday. Hang on. Why why would somebody's going to, it's obvious. What does this do with my loans? It's going to make the rates go up. Like, you know, so am I tied to prime? How, you know, they just a reminder of how many, you know, am I a half a percent above? Am I 1% above? Does it change now? When does it change? Does it take place tomorrow? All those kind of questions. So that happened on Wednesday. (laughs) Well, then Thursday, the actual madness, the March madness March started. Madness. March madness. So again, four wonderful days of basketball, twelve hours a day. So we're watching that. It got home, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, watching that. All day, Saturday it was in the background, pretty much all day. Sunday it was in the background, pretty much all day. But then also we had uh, football trades that were going left and right. I mean, some absolutely crazy trades going down. We had baseball starting. Spring breaks. I mean, uh, spring training started uh, during you know the last time since the last time we had our show. Uh, and then just, I mean, again, all kind of stuff going on. So again, just an absolute madness mostly a sports weekend uh also with maybe some jockeying around of uh, of interest rates and so it's just been kind of a, a mad weekend but just a fun weekend and i venture to say a lot of people say that this is that that was their favorite weekend of the year for sports i mean you have football you know through in the fall you know Saturday, Sundays, and some people love that too. But for a four-day period, just from Thursday at about 11 a.m. until Sunday about midnight, I mean, it is nothing but basketball. Well, it just shows you people really enjoy a tournament, period. I mean, they just enjoy a tournament. When people are possibly playing – playing or coaching in their last game. I mean, sitting there watching Coach K 
uh, coaching his that's going to be huge ratings every single time for weeks to come march madness has been something that's been big in my house for a long long time my brother and i used to you know make brackets we still do that i'll mention that here in just a second this is that time of year i mean madness is is a, a great word from the weekend well derek i'll keep it real simple it was spring break and my word is going to be break i left town on tuesday around one o'clock we traveled down to louisiana got back uh friday evening um but sometimes you really do have to kind of turn your phone down mm-hmm. Turn the madness off. I couldn't do a lot of stuff from, uh, you know, four hours away. Uh, and it was really good. Got a ch- chance to see my mom quite a bit. Saw some friends uh, from high school uh, and just take a break. Saw my siblings, both of them had some crawfish. And so, uh, look, just had a really opportunity to just take a break from the life up here. And uh, sometimes that's important. That's very you know? important. And that's we important. saw, you know, I mean, I saw a lot of people skied, a lot of people, uh, maybe some people hit the beach or whatever, which is a little colder than I think uh, typically. But still, I mean, it's good to see the pictures of people taking a break from up here when it's all said and done Derek I mean we're pretty blessed uh, here in Hernando Mississippi compared to some of the other things going across going on across the the, the the world so I mean to take a break from all those things is uh, a needed thing I thoroughly enjoyed it back at it uh, on our first show back from uh, like I said post spring break we have a new sports director in the city of Hernando. Uh, big news, not a new parks director, which we've interviewed. Tell us about the lady that we uh, recently was named sports director here for the city. Yeah, Hernando uh, announced the hiring of Brittany Bowen as the new sports director for the city of Hernando. Now, she's a native of Memphis and South Haven High School graduate. Bowen competed in track and field while earning a degree in public administration at Mississippi Valley State University, of course, right over here in Itabino, Mississippi. Bowen has worked as a high school youth coordinator for the Memphis Youth Ministries, which is a very good organization. If you don't know anything about Memphis Youth Ministries, please look it up. They do a lot of wonderful things up in Memphis. Uh, And with the city of Hernando Parks and Rec, uh, Bowen will serve as the programmer for youth baseball, youth and adult softball, t-ball and basketball so we want to welcome uh utw welcome to Brittany bowen the new sports director for the city of hernando now of course she won't be doing soccer they do have somebody for soccer on that side of it she'll be doing everything else basically with uh with the ball Brittany, we wish you uh, the best and uh, probably want to have thick skin because parents <laughs> parents get on that Facebook sometimes and get a little frustrated when maybe the uh, lines aren't correct on their uh, t-ball field or baseball field or something like that. So just uh, grow some thick skin and uh, just work your way through yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, you know looking to put a plan together to give you better fields in the future. Better fields, possibly. Animal shelter, don't know. That's part of the animal meat. Just a tease there. We're going to get that. Just a tease there. My God. I mean, just anyway, we digress about that. Next thing, Derek, there was a special meeting called last week. We didn't cover it to do something when it comes to a very, very large grant for the city of Hernando Possible. Go. They met uh, last week to discuss the hiring of of a firm to help them write a grant for a potential $7.8 million grant for bike lanes and walking trails to help connect citizens especially those in lower-income areas, to downtown areas and commerce, as well as to areas of needs like health centers. Hernando applied last year and was in the top 240 cities in line to receive the grant, but only 90 were chosen based on the amount of money that was given out. After consulting with the people who decided on it, it was determined that Hernando could qualify, but needs to answer the questions in the grant a little better and make the needs and benefits more well-known. So that is why they are now reaching out to a new firm, uh, which would help with this, because they have experience writing grants, especially writing grants to or, I guess, within Democratic led government so when democrats are in power so the special meeting was to decide whether or not to pay this firm eleven thousand dollars to help write and submit the grant due by april 15th 
If awarded, uh, as mentioned, Hernando would be granted $7.8 million that could be spent over five years, and the city would have to match that 20% to the tune of $360,000. So the city puts up three sixty, they give us $7.8 million if we're awarded. The city has plans, so this is kind of what they're going to put in the narrative. That, that kind of sounds kind of like the Democratic Party a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying, 360, here's 7.8. Here's 7.8. There you go. What a return on investment. It's going somewhere. What a return on investment. If it's going somewhere, why not come to Hernando? Sorry. So here's some of the things I'm going to put in there. This is (laughs) They're looking at putting a linear sidewalk from Conger Park from on Highway 51 all the way to Oak Grove School. Yep. So they can walk, so kids can walk from the school to the park, as well as lanes around Green Tea. So around, and then others on a 20-year pedestrian plan that the city already has mapped out. One of the ones I didn't put down here was that uh, Dilworth, Dilworth Lane from Mackinville all the way to the underpass where they have the, you know, they just put the new sidewalk and stuff in. Uh, that would also be connected by a, um, by a linear park. Which so, will soon be the new elementary school. No, so right, younger kids, school. definitely. Uh, so after some small discussion clarifying the amounts and when it would have to be spent, the vote was held and passed unanimously to hire the firm to help us get this in by April 15th. You know, Derek, I'm just going to throw this out there. You and I would have done this for six grand. Okay. I'm just saying, no, no, no. I, I, I bet we would be pretty good. You and I are pretty smart guys. I bet we could answer questions pretty darn well. I tell you what, man. I, I bet I, we could. I've been on friend. a couple of committees where these. Uh, no, 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 no. Grants. I didn't say committees. You hand us six thousand dollars, and we're gonna we're gonna submit <laughs> some quality answers to those questions. I'm telling you. But isn't it, isn't it amazing? And look, I hope Hernando gets this. Like you said, it's gonna go somewhere. Isn't it amazing that based off of who's in office, who's running the government at a certain particular time? You have firms that can say, hey, we, we, we're really good at this particular thing. Oh, that's just amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it's about contacts. And so mm. if, they, if they are a progressive lending firm sure. and they have more contacts in a Democratic-controlled government, sure. then you want them trying to put the best face forward for us to get the money. When they go and knock on that door, they know the doors to knock on and that's how to right. do it. That's, that's amazing. Right. Let's dive into something local, Derek. I mean, let's talk about some hard-hitting action this past Tuesday at the Alderman meeting. Tell us about what happened here in the city of Fernando. The first one was the rezoning of the 10.7 acres there at Green Tea and 51. Uh, it was approved to go to the Alderman unanimously by the Planning Commission. The approval would include an owner-offered agreement for a single property owners association and submit the final covenants as part of the final plat between the residential and commercial landowners for road quality, etc., to help with the traffic flow into and out of the commercial lots. So basically, they were listening to it. They understand what he was trying to do, putting commercial lots on green tea. That was fine. Their main concern was, okay, well, who is going to look at how these cars are going in and off of green tea? Are we going to have some medians there? How are we going to do this? And so the owner himself said, look. Mr. Um, Ron was there? Mr. Ron was there, but yes. actually the attorney was um, George Reedy. Mr. Reedy said, hey, look, he's offering to uh, – form a single property owners association. So the commercial lots and the residential lots will have an overall homeowners or but it's a private property owner, but it's like a homeowners that will, you know, make decisions on this property. So again, uh, he offered that the alderman liked that it passed unanimously. He's going to build one heck of a nice project. He's going to be heavily involved there for years and years to come. It is not a, uh, you know, plan to sell it in several years. That's not the situation. He is building a really good project uh, and he'll be there for years to come. I, I know Mr. Ron, as you do, and um, he's really, really uh, excited about the project, and, and he loves Hernando. Uh, number 12, this was the uh, request to rezone 0.8 acres uh, in one parcel from the C2. This is the, uh, project, the, the project just down from the new burger shop on 51. This is the applicant wants to develop. Now, the applicant is Mickey Davis. He wants to develop this as, as a series of townhomes. 
two buildings with five townhomes in each building, so 10 individual lots for sale. So each one will have its own designated lot. To sell them, not rent them. To sell them. Interesting. We'll get, we'll get to the renting in just a second. That is why the request is for a PUD so that they can set, set their own setbacks, lot size, etc. Changing it to a PUD would also include a preliminary plan approval so the plans needed to be reviewed. So they were doing all this uh, last Tuesday night. The name of the development would be Patterson Row and would tear down the three houses that are currently located there. Which are non-living. Or, yeah. No, they're just they're in really, old, bad, yes, shape, really, bad, in really shape. bad shape. So it would actually clean that street up. Plus, yes, of course. Yeah, it would be very nice. Yes. Uh, the development would have one driveway into the property running north and south, accessing from Southern Street. They would have enclosed garages on the rear of each townhome. It does request a zero front yard setback. So literally Correct. the front yard is going to be right on the street. A sidewalk, um, basically. Yeah, so yeah. Just, yeah, right there on the sidewalk. Uh, so the front of the buildings would be at the road. The buildings would be 50 feet high. Now that's... That's above city code. Because it falls off so much right That's there. right. The first floor will be the garages, which would be down the hill at the back mm-hmm. of the lot. So you would drive in that north-south okay. driveway, come okay. around, go kind of go basically underground really I like it. Uh, to park it. and then the. But what you would see from the road is just two stories, yeah, sure. which is city code. Townhomes would have a new New Orleans influences and a detailed list of requirements for the building. Minimum of the townhomes would be 2,300 square feet heated. The planning commission added that, that, added that rentals could not be allowed Period. for the proposed townhomes. However, the city attorney said the city cannot place this restriction. I would probably agree with that. But the HOA could be formed. Correct. And the HOA could do that if they wanted to. Uh, and there will, and so the uh, developer said, well, there will be one created for yes. the development. Uh, and so they can decide at that time if they want to allow rentals or not. Okay. The drawings of the townhome look, looks very, very nice. So, again, if you're going to go to the YouTube and you want to go to the timestamp of 62 minutes, and you can see a rendering of these very, very nice looking townhomes. Patter- uh, Patterson Row. Patterson Row is Good the deal. name of it. Like and again, it. that was passed uh, unanimously by the alderman. And look, you can see the red sign right there on the eastern side of 51. What you're describing two years from now, it, it, if it exists, will be a much nicer thing for the city of Fernando. Yeah, remind me, versus man, what's a, there. I took a couple pictures from the meeting yeah. on my phone. I'll show it to you when we're yeah, done. Yeah, cool. Uh, number 13, this was a request for final plot approval for Section A of Oak Grove Subdivision. Now, this is a brand new subdivision that's going to run across the frontage of Oak Grove Road, um, you know, just between Scott Road and Tulane Road. All lots are 1.9 acres or more. There are three lots not included in this request. So there'll be eight total, but right now they're only requesting five of these to be platted. Those three, the, the remaining three will be behind the five lots and will be part of Section B when they're brought up. Lots will have water and a septic tank. Cluster mailbox will be on the common open area, but the owner will need to submit that for approval because it was not included in the current plan, but it was approved by the Planning Commission unanimously. And then the last one uh, for the Planning Commission was the Century Express Car Wash. Now, this is at the corner of McInvale and Monteith. Monteith. The city codes require the developer to put in required drainage pipe, fire hydrant, etc., to be constructed before plat approval is given. Correct. So they have to do all that infrastructure stuff first. The developer is asking for that to be able to be done as the car wash is being constructed because, again, that's a lot of money up front and then not be able to actually start the destruction of the car wash. This required board approval. Basically, the whole thing was, you know where the turn into Taco Bell is? Yeah, sure. You know how when you go into Taco Bell, you immediately have to go left? Correct, yeah. You'll also be able to now to go right. So, the, so that's going to be... that whole lot? 
Yeah, so that's oh, the wow, whole man. lot. When you go, so that's already they already have the turn in is what he was saying. So they already have a turn into the north. Yes. You'll come in off Monteith from the south, if which is fine. To, yeah. But there will be no other cut off of Mont of off of Mackinville. That so was you the can't main. enter it directly from Mackinville. It's going to come from the Taco Bell turn, and Monteith will have an entrance. That's correct. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. So that's that. Was, so as long as that was okay, they they approved them going ahead and waiting to do all that at one time. So that was approved. Now, Matt, that was the first hour and fifty one minutes of the meeting. Wow. wow. They took a recess. <laughs> So if you're watching Holy it, cow. Uh, and they started back at two hours, they took about a nine minute recess and then came back on YouTube at two hours in. Now, two hours in, this was the cars that I mentioned last time, uh, about a week ago, we talked about the police cars they can no longer purchase from this, you know, from right. the state yes, or, yes. or from a vendor. Yes. So now they haven't bought them for the, the uh, state of Missouri. Um, mayor said, this is not ideal, but there are no new cars available. Correct. Missouri seems to have good cars that Hernando has purchased from them before. And Andrew Miller thinks that we will get our money's worth because he's been on the board for several years we've done this from missouri missouri takes care of their cars it saves about five to seven thousand dollars per car and one other good thing was is the cars purchased will have a v8 in them whereas the cars that we were going to buy we're going to have a v6 so they're actually more powerful than the ones that we're going to purchase so again that was uh hey don't 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 tell uh don't tell the electric car people. Okay. <laughs> well, we, yeah. We're, I mean, you got to love it. In Hernando, Mississippi, we're really excited about the V8 versus the V6. V8s. Yeah. Let me know when they start uh, plugging the uh, cop cars in. Uh, number 21, asphalt and milling project. This is the guy that said, hey, can you reject our bid? <laughs> they were asking to waive the bid because the asphalt plant will no longer sell the company the asphalt at the agreed upon price since the plant does not reopen until April. And the company would not, wouldn't know what they could do it for until the price is known for the asphalt again after april 1st the city could contact the uh, mississippi attorney general to see if they could hold the company to the current contract Mm. so a motion was made to table this until april 19th giving the city 30 days to see hey can we really make them give it to us for the five hundred eleven thousand, or you know or do we have to because of of the extenuating circumstances can we you know have to have it rebid so we'll see what goes on with that after on the april 19th meeting number 22 Approval for the change order for the Riley paving for Notting Hill. Now, this is the cracks that you do not like. Terrible cracks in Notting Hill. Mm. The bid of $12,000 would finish the last three streets in Notting Hill. Total cost for Notting Hill would be under $50,000. And this is $12,000 is less than the $14,000 estimated. So, again, they're still getting everything done under fifty, dollars which means it did not have to go out for a bid. They could, do, you know, they could get one or two quotes. So, they're good. Motion approved. The final thing before we get to the big thing was the roundabout. Now, this is the roundabout, possible roundabout, or three-way stop option at McInvale and Holly Springs. So they, uh, the city engineer, Joe Frank, produced the two options that had been given to the city probably about two years ago. Uh, so all the aldermen who had not been there before got, were able to see it. The three-way option would have everyone going north and south on McInvale and coming west on Holly Springs having to stop. Uh, so that would be, you know, have to stop sign here, stop sign here, stop sign here, which again, there were a lot of people concerned. Okay. That could really back up no, coming out idea. of Walmart, terrible. going South from schools over with getting off work. So having to stop and that would back things, maybe even back to the light or closer sure. to the light on McInvale. Right. The roundabout would be two lanes, which I thought was interesting. So it'd be a two lane around the roundabout. Right. The outer lane would have to keep going South on McInvale. Yes. The inner lane would keep going East on Holly Springs. The roundabout was the preferred option because it was only $20,000 more and would keep traffic moving. So this is what the city will look to do over the next couple of years is okay. So I think they've decided but now. no that, stopping, yielding. 
You're right. yielding and going uh, into a roundabout. On the roundabout, yeah. yes. So the roundabout is looks like that will be there in the future. Again, it is very expensive. The roundabout, though, is only $20,000 more. It makes much more sense at that location. Mm-hmm. And so, again, over the next two or three years, you may hear more about a roundabout going in once the city can kind of budget for that. I mean, I like the idea. It is what it is. I mean, this is what cities are supposed to do, keep their people safe. That's it. Uh, then next, uh, the next item, number 25, this was the parks parking lot bid. So the authorized to bid for bids on the soccer parking lot improvements. Uh, so Joe Frank and Jared with the Parks Department came together to uh, get the best plan for the soccer parking, which they presented. The whole parking lot, again, their estimates, $600,000 okay. to, par- to pay the entire thing. Now, Matt, I'm not going to discuss with you what it was five years ago when, I, when a group that matter. I was on. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter yeah. now. But, um, so $600,000. Was it cheaper? It was cheaper. <laughs> Uh, the city is looking to bid the whole thing, so they're going to bid it out, but they're going to bid it kind of like we did five or six years ago into, okay, this this is phase one, this is phase two, this is phase three. So they'll be about four or five different phases, so they'll have the whole thing bid and then also get a bid for each phase, and obviously this will be done in phases. So that's uh, they'll, they'll have that within hopefully the next 30 days or so to bring back to look at those bids. Two big things that kind of go together. The first one, an- new animal shelter bids. Now, this was added to the agenda. This is the building of the, the animal building shelter. building of right? the animal yes. shelter. This was the uh, added to the agenda before the meeting started because the bids were received earlier that afternoon, Perfect. earlier last Tuesday. So the budget, remember, everybody, the budget was $900,000. The lowest and best bid, $869,523. Came from? Cerberus, which is a local Cerberus, company. Yeah, yeah Cerberus Construction, local company. We now have an animal shelter that will be built. We have an animal shelter approved to be built for $855,000. Somewhere go. The item number 27 was the potential purchase of the lot in Whitfield Cove. Now, this lies between Copperleaf Subdivision and the Public Works Building. Alderman Miller reiterated that $84,000 has already been spent on the pad at Renaissance Park. Alderman Piper mentioned that if it stays at Renaissance Park, an approximately $250,000 road would need to be built for the one-fourth mile stretch from the current road to the pad. He also mentioned that $50,000 to purchase the new lot would come from the police budget. So again, the uh, lot at Whitfield was $150,000. He's saying 50000 would come from the police budget. This year's budget, already there. Why is that? Uh, because I think they had some, uh, the, the police chief said he would move some stuff over to be able to do that. Interesting. Um, and then uh, another $100,000 from the utility department since two-thirds of the new land would be used for future expansion of the public works building. Audra Miller disagreed that the public works need to buy the land now for something that was would not be needed for years to come. The city engineer, Joe Frank Lauderdale, thinks it will be around thirty-five thousand to pave the road to the current pad, not two fifty, so there was some disagreement there. Alderwoman Lynch made the point that the cost of the pad is not a sunk cost if they purchase something else because that pad could be used to have another building put on it. Which it more than likely would be. That's something right. would go there. And the lagoon will have to have dirt brought in to build it up to the pad level anyway. So, again, the land around it would also have to be built up at some point. So, again, the work that's done would would already have made that job easier in the future. The mayor then asked for citizen remarks. Now, Matt, this is where I'm going to try to summarize the best I can. Here we go. Nine citizens came up who lived in the subdivision close to the area to protest the dog park going there. The main complaint by far was the consistent dog barking 
24 hours a day that close to the neighborhood. You know, they ask questions such as, would it be allowed than the noise ordinance allows? Uh, how can it be close to any neighborhood with incessant barking? If a dog barks all night in a neighborhood now, the police can be called to ask the homeowner to keep the dog quiet or inside. Do the dogs at the animal shelter, would they be outside? No, they'd be inside. They're just saying through the walls or on their runs and stuff like that. <laughs> how, and so they're saying, you know, right now, we, if, if, you know, if you have a neighbor that has a dog barks all night, you can sure, call yes, them to do something about it. I understand. If it, the police can be called for that, what do you do when the facility is city-owned 65 feet from your house? Right. Can I call the cops on that? So, again, that's what the citizens were saying. Two of the women that actually helped run the shelter at the fire station number two up on Highway 51, they said that the new trend is to put animal shelters in the middle of the city so people will go to them. They don't want to drive out to a secluded place to try and find animals. The new shelters are enclosed and insulated, so the sounds are minimized, and there is no smell, so those are concerns are not warranted. She thinks that it would be good for Hernando and will look good if they could put it at the Whitfield location. It should not be hidden away. She has pushed for this animal shelter for years and thinks that the location is good. The other woman for the animal shelter said they never wanted the shelter to be there. So again, we put the money out there, but the, the people that run it never wanted to be there because of two reasons. Number one is because the lagoon used to be there. The, the ground stays wet. It soaks up. It's muddy. You know, if they have to do things outside, it would make things a mess. The, it has bad soil and there's no road, and they, but they went along with it. The reason they've gone along with it this far is because it was the best of all the worst options on city-owned land. It was. This is no pun intended, but this was this was the only bone that they were thrown. That's right. Period. I mean, that's when. It, when was this? Five years ago? Eight years yeah. ago? Whatever. Renaissance Bank donated the, they donated the, land. the land, but they said we don't want exactly. The that's the whole here. reason this is even. It was donated land. It was cheap land. It was free land. It wasn't cheap. It was free, and it's the whole reason it was ever brought up and said anyway. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 it. Yeah. So Renaissance Bank said we don't want it in our exactly, park, yeah. right? So the lagoon is next to the park. There the lagoon go. was city owned. That's where this is how this all came down. Correct. As you said years ago, and they said the new option is the best by far that they have had to ever put a building. It was clarified that the building would just be just behind the public works again uh, and would use the public works parking lot to get to it. So you would drive through the parking lot to get in behind it where this would be. The motion was made by Alderman Miller and Robinson seconded to buy the land. Then it went to a roll call vote. Those two and Alderman Wicker voted to purchase the land. Alderwoman Lynch, Alderwoman Ross, and Alderman Miller voted against it. Alderman Harris, Doc Harris, was absent. So the mayor had to vote for a tiebreaker. Really, he did say, I was not expecting to vote tonight. He clarified that he does not want it built in Renaissance Park. So, man, this is important. The mayor does not want it built in Renaissance Park. But he also did not like the new location. He wants to find a third location that is better suited, even if it costs more money. But the city only has 60 days to do that. That's how good the bid is, or how long the bid is good for, uh, on the building that we just talked about that has been approved. So the mayor voted against the purchase. He had the tie-breaking vote, voted against the purchase, and now the city has 60 days to try and find another location since a majority of the board does not want to build on the current pad, but they also voted against buying the new land. So the, the building that is now the 855,000 building literally has nowhere to go currently. A motion was made to table the discussion until the first meeting in April from where to go from there. That motion passed unanimously. And they're trying to find a new location. So we'll see what happens between now and April 5th. You and I have been texted that the next day, people reached out to the city and said, hey, we have land for you, but it's $300,000. That's right. So, wow. 
it's amazing how we talk about budgets and we talk about the number of things that we discuss and, and we, we try and pinch pennies and look at stuff and, and watch the, the ledger uh, as best we can. And was it 150? And I just looked on, the, on my app right there, but it was $150,000 for almost four acres of That's land. The, it was 3.6. Yeah, so almost four acres, acres of land, $150,000 of land next to the city's uh, current public works department and so forth my silence will speak for itself well i mean the you know but the, like you said it's it's almost unanimous that we're i mean we've had people that are for the animal shelter we've had people that are against the animal shelter uh both tell me and you hey i don't want to renaissance park anyway yeah so no nobody well, it's i don't now i won't can't say it's not gonna be renaissance park there's still at least one alderman that wants it at renaissance oh, park okay um but the everybody else including the mayor does not want it at Renaissance Correct. park um now the mayor doesn't have a vote unless it's a tiebreaker uh but the the women that run it didn't want it at renaissance park uh most of the aldermen do not the mayor does not so but unfortunately they also did not want this lot because the citizens that came out to complain about the noise and the smell and having the the dog shelter right next to their neighborhood so we're without a, a lot. We have an animal shelter. Now, I will say this. Everybody, this, all the citizens, uh, obviously the women running it and the aldermen said, hey, look, we all are for the shelter. It's just that we don't want it here. And so, you know, it's, I think everybody wants to get this done. It's just now, unfortunately, we're not, we're not in the process of starting that. Well, Derek, before we uh, bring up our first advertisers, I'll just simply say this. Uh, I think we have you, – you said there – I think there's two camps in the city of Fernando. It's the people that are for the animal shelter – and the people that are tired of talking about That's it. the animal shelter, That's it. by God, let's get this thing built. Let's go. You know, if anybody has any land, maybe has like an extra lot by their house and they want to, uh, you know, maybe maybe the people that love the dogs a lot, maybe the animal shelter people, if they have a couple of acres right next to them, hey, good spot for an animal shelter. And you can go pet the dogs every day. That's it. That's every it. day. And Matt, we had one final thing. This is how they ended it. And I think by this time, we're three hours and about 45 minutes into the, the, uh, the Alderman meeting. The field house water line. The line has been completed by the field house with a 12-inch line. Alderman Miller made a motion to have the mayor and the city engineer to meet with the field house people and negotiate a price to bring to the board. They didn't have a price determined, so they're going to go meet, get a price. Okay, what do you think we, you know, and then bring it to the board. That motion passed unanimously, and so we will see what that potential price could be at a future meeting. Has that not pri- – I thought we talked about that in this – I thought we talked about it on the show before, the price – has been discussed or is there and so forth. I thought we discussed that already. I think that, yes, we definitely discussed it. Now, what the ultimate, you know, once the labor was involved, once everything was done, you know, we had weather issues. They may have to reset a couple of the lines, that type of thing. I think there's, okay, let's make sure that's what it was. City engineer didn't know an exact amount that night. So I think it's just more, hey, look, get us a figure, put put it on the agenda, and let's look at it at the next meeting. After, I mean, your word earlier was madness. Uh, You were talking about college basketball. The field house will be hosting a lot of those players yes. that you're going to see in the next three to five years playing in the March Madness tournament, playing in the NCAA tournament. They'll be coming to the field house as part of the AAU program, the AAU circuit. I'm telling you, the field house is going to really, from a basketball standpoint, is really going to put Hernando on the map. Yeah, they'll call it Memphis. They'll say it's a Memphis, but I'm telling you, Hernando, Mississippi, get ready because the field house is going to host some of the biggest college basketball players to come over the next five, you know, five, 10, 20 years. Really exciting project there. And Derek, speaking of winning, if you're you're looking for a win when it comes to insurance, please consider visiting our newest advertiser, Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. They currently work with companies such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, Principal, Mutual of Omaha, MetLife, Liberty Mutual, and dozens more. Whether it's health, life, property, casualty, auto, 
anything insurance related that you need, you need to reach out to Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance. Give them a call at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Again, casualty, property, auto, anything you can think of, any need you have when it comes to insurance, Holland Insurance is going to put you with the right company at the right price. Give them a call today, 662-895-5528. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. Are you interested in making a schooling switch in 2022-2023? They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Mobile Car and Van Rental, located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce here in Hernando, is the only car rental place in Hernando. Whether it's cars, trucks, vans, cargo vans, Mobile Car and Van Rental is ready to serve. If you have summer plans that are coming up, whether it be with your church, your family, a weekend trip, anything you can think of, give them a call locally, 662-469-4555. Mobile Car and Van Rental does work with all major insurances. If you're about to turn your car in to a body shop or maybe something that's going to take two or three or four weeks, Mobile Car and Van Rental would love to serve you. Give them a call again, 469-4555. Well, Derek, we joked at the beginning of the show that we're going to be having some rain coming up uh, tonight, and probably while most people are listening to the show, it's going to be raining quite a bit. Uh, Hernando's going to be a little bit underwater, and that talks about uh, our fact of the week, given to us by Rob Long with the DeSoto County Museum. DeSoto County Museum located right across the street from Bank Corp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Again, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Rob Long and his staff, they are ready to serve you. Come in. Uh, let them show you all around the wonderful artifacts when it comes to DeSoto County and um, maybe even some fossils. Uh, you'll see what I mean here in just a second. Derek, give us our DeSoto County Fact of the Week. We're going back 100 million years ago. Uh, where you're the, the podcast listeners right now, so where you're sitting right now, where you're driving right now, 100 million years ago, they would have, you would have needed snorkels and fins to breathe because Hernando and the entire Mid-South region were entirely underwater. The Gulf of Mexico covered our area and all of Mississippi, stretching just north of the city of Memphis. That's why DeSoto County has prehistoric whale bones found on dry land today. While we would not have T-Rex in Mississippi, we would have Spinosaurus and other amphibious creatures with toothy jaws that would have been able to crush and to be able, you know, unfortunately uh, swallow us whole. Those are the earliest inhabitants of Hernando and of this entire region. So again... If you go back and look at maps of what it looked like 100 million years ago, we were completely underwater. If you go to the museum, actually Rob has uh, fossils, as you mentioned, of teeth that were found in this area from those, uh, those uh, animals and those reptiles back then. So again, 100 million years ago, Hernando right now, we would be struggling because we'd be completely underwater. Thank you, Rob Long, for a wonderful DeSoto County Fact of the Week, Derek. It's really interesting to sometimes think some of the different ones it gives you. Some of them go back 100 years. Some of them go back 20 years. But 100 million years ago, right? 100 million years ago. That's, uh, that's a long time. It's a minute. <laughs> 
It's definitely been a minute. 100 million years ago is, is definitely a long time. Thank you, Rob. Again, DeSoto County Museum, located across from Bank Corp South, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Get over there as soon as you can and let Rob and the team show you all around the DeSoto County Museum. Derek, thinking about teeth leads us into the DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Doctors Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference. Call them at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Or visit their office for the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. I want to continue to recognize one of our longtime sponsors for the UTW podcast, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleanups, anything on the outside of your home or office, Richard and his team can help. No job too small, no job too large. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. Call him at 662-292-8855. Again, that's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Well, Derek, we're turning our attention to the uh, end of our show, which is always going to be about high school sports, going to be about young people doing wonderful things here under the water tower and uh, the schools that we cover, North Point, Lewisburg, and Hernando. North Point softball and baseball kicked off their seasons since our last show. Tell us about uh, North Point softball. Get us started. All right, North Point softball faced Whitehaven on Monday which they mercy-ruled 16-0 in three innings. Libby Sowell went three for three. Kelly Reese Hubbard had two hits. Faith Ryan had two hits. Katie Bobo had two hits and three RBIs. And Sailor Cole had two hits. Faith Ryan got the win. That was the only game they had last week. Their next game on the schedule is not until March 28th, when they will play FACS for the start of district game. We will update for any games that are played before then. I'm, I'm hoping the coaches – They're flying under the radar. They're I, flying. It's like, hey, you know what? We only show up for district games. That's I'm hoping that they're picking up some games wow. now and then. Their current record, obviously, is 1-0. 1-0. Uh, North Point Baseball, they started the week also 0-0. Played in a tournament in Biloxi over the weekend. In the first game, they lost 5-3 to to Marshall Academy. Lost the second game to Jackson Prep 5-1. to In the third game, the Trojans played North Pike – whom they beat 9-3. to Their fourth game was canceled due to rain, and so they finished the tournament 1-2. and On Friday night, they took on White Station, and Mercy ruled them 16-1 to with Connor McKnight getting the win and also leading the Trojans at the plate with a triple and three RBIs. James Smith was 3-for-3 three three with two RBIs. Their current record is now 2-2. Two and two. 
The next game is tonight, Monday night, when we're taping this. And then they also play Tuesday night at Center Hill. We're not going to Lewisburg softball. The softball started the week 7-1 and one with their only loss to Hernando. They played Brighton last week and were coming off their first loss, as we just mentioned. Unfortunately for the Lady Patriots, they came up short again, losing to Brighton 5-3. to three. Avery Williams for the Lady Patriots had three hits and all three RBIs. They are now 7-2. and two. Their next game will be tonight, Monday night, against district rival Olive Branch. Lewisburg Baseball. Now, this is my longest update, Matt, because they played five games last week. Dear Lord. Lewisburg Baseball started the week 7-1. and one. Lewisburg is ranked anywhere from 4th through 6th in the state of Mississippi, depending on the site that you go to. And they traveled to Lafayette, Louisiana, for the Stream Break Tournament, with their first game being against Church Point High School in Louisiana. Four Patriot pitchers pitched a shutout against the Bears, and Raleigh Parker getting hit by a pitch and letting score on a sack fly was all they needed for the win, but they tacked on three more to take a 4-0 victory. In the second game, the Patriots took on the host Lafayette High School Lions, and the Patriots jumped out quickly, scoring four runs in the first. They added six more in the second to take a 10-0 lead. After adding another run, Lafayette scores three in the fifth off of a three-run homer and two in the sixth, but that as close as they would get with the Patriots winning 11-5. And the third game was against St. Thomas Moore Cougars from Louisiana. And Lewisburg jumps out again, this time with three runs in the second. They add another in the third, but the Cougars add two in the bottom of the fifth to pull within 4-2. to two. The Patriot bullpen does their job again as rain started to fall with the Patriots winning 4-2. to two. The fourth game was against the Southside High School Sharks out of Louisiana. And Lewisburg's bat stayed hot, going for six runs in the first. They added another two in the fifth and led 8-1 to one going into the seventh inning. This time, the bullpen may have been getting tired as it gave up four runs in the seventh, but did just enough along with the defense to hold on for an 8-5 to five victory. Lewisburg was 4-0 for the tournament, heading into their final game on Saturday against the Acadiana High Rams. This game was to be the toughest game of the tournament for Lewisburg. It was 0-0 through the first three innings, and Lewisburg finally got on the board in the fourth to lead 1-0. That would be the only run scored until the top of the sixth when Lewisburg added two more off of an Easton Fessmeyer two-RBI single. Acadiana scored one in the bottom of the sixth, and that was the, so the game was 3-1 heading into the bottom of the seventh where the Rams led off with a triple and got that run in, but then the Patriot bullpen shuts them down to end the game Three to two. Lewisburg goes five and zero for the tournament and is twelve and one overall. That's very impressive to to go on the road, spring break, be down there for that number of days, and go five and zero. That's pretty darn good. Very good. Played some pretty good teams too. Yeah, they did. Uh, next, Hernando softball. They started the week seven and three. Hernando Lady Tigers played their first games on Thursday during spring break, uh, going against Germantown High and Madison and Brandon in a rematch of a game they lost earlier this season. In the first game against Germantown, the Lady Tigers got the victory 9-4. In the second game, they lost again to Brandon 8-4 and go 1-1 on the day. They next played on Saturday evening at Northeast Community College, taking on Tishomingo County, where the Lady Tigers lose another tough one. They are now eight and five on the year. So again, they lost two. They went that's one and two on the week. Yeah, that's one and two on the week. Finally, Hernando baseball. Hernando played in a tournament in Orange Beach during the week, and in the first game, they were up ten to three in the sixth inning against Norman North out of Oklahoma before losing the lead and the game twelve to ten in seven innings. 
In the second game, Brody Martin hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the seventh to lead the Tigers to a 9-8 victory over Washington, Oklahoma. In the third game, Hernando was down by eight and got seven runs in the fourth but came up just short in a 10-9 loss to Hendersonville, Tennessee. And in the final game, Luke Romine tried to power the Tigers to a victory with a two-run homer, but it was not enough as Hernando fell again 10-9 to Huntsville, Alabama. Hernando finishes 1-3 for the week, but were just 2-3 to three runs away from being 3-1, maybe even 4-0. So they're playing pretty good baseball. Just got to you know cut down on a couple errors here and there. The next play tonight, again, Monday night, Monday night. against South Haven. Well, good luck to the Tigers. Good luck to the Patriots. Good luck to the Lady Tigers, Lady Patriots, Lady Trojans, Trojans, everybody, all the young people right in this swing of things. Springtime is softball and baseball season, and we uh, wish you nothing but the best, and uh, good luck there. I know soccer for the, the Trojans are, are playing there. We'll maybe get a soccer update here uh, coming up on our Friday show, but we've uh, kept the people long enough. Uh, we <laughs> We we missed it. We got a lot to catch up on. I know exactly. When you when you take a break, it comes back, and you got a pretty long show. So two years ago, this past week, you know, two weeks. Well, two weeks to stop the spread has now turned into two years. (laughs) Two weeks to stop the spread has has turned into two years. And uh, by God, it's like people are playing baseball. That's all we're playing. We're playing playing baseball. We're playing sports. We've uh, had football season. Uh, Before we continue, want to say congratulations to Steve McCann, the new Hernando High School football coach. I want to say congratulations to him. I look forward to getting to know him a bit better and visit with him. Actually, I do know him not extremely well, but I do know him and, and getting in here and talking about his vision for Hernando Tigers and the future for Hernando football. So really looking forward to meeting him and talking to him about that. So congratulations to him, opportunity to coach uh, you know, a large high school in North Mississippi, uh, and we will be, definitely be looking for big things uh, for him. Look, if you enjoy our show and enjoy our show every Tuesday and Friday, please consider continue to share it share it with friends take the link through the apple podcast or spotify or whatever you want and and send it over to a friend let them know what we're talking about uh let them know the different things we discuss alder meetings baseball games football games all that type stuff please continue to share it as we continue to grow if you'd like to advertise with the utw podcast send us an email under the water tower info that's under the water tower info at gmail.com and we'll get some information over to you as soon as we can also find us on facebook at utw podcast instagram at utw podcast and on twitter at utw pod if you enjoy our show give us a five-star review spotify apple podcast google podcast wherever you listen to our show give us a five-star review give us a thumbs up that helps us move up when it comes to local podcast if you enjoy our show please look up ob pod simply stands for olive branch covers the eastern side of desoto county also center hill athletics lewisburg athletics and olive branch athletics ob pod well, Derek, welcome back to uh, reality. Welcome back to life. We're, we're, when it comes we're back to, in the grind. When it comes back to uh, spring break, uh, good luck for the rest of the week. Look forward to visiting with you on Thursday for our Friday show. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. 